0: He's raised over $8 million, co-worker of Kanye West, led product at Vimeo, and yet this is how he felt during the fundraising process.
1: Am I worth it? Maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not worth investing. They're the professionals here. Start to create a lot of self-doubt.
0: I just want to tell
1: other founders out there the perception of others I don't know anything about your business, shouldn't define you, and shouldn't be internalized. I, I realized eventually, wow, these guys are not smarter than me.
0: He shared some of the heartbreaking things that he was told during his fundraise nearly 12 years ago. Like
1: everything is going, momentum, you should consider getting a white CEO.
0: It broke my heart to hear things like that, as well as many other things that he heard during his fundraising process. I was inspired by his persistence and his commitment to being the best founder possible. This is the Top VC Podcast, and I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, based in San Francisco. I'm on a mission to help founders oversubscribe their next round by learning from top VCs and entrepreneurs. Share, like how much money have you raised? And we, the, the more authentic, the better. Uh, yes, so we've raised, uh, well, all
1: together today, uh, a bit over uh, 8 million. Based in New York, Silicon Alley
0: or something. One of those versions? Yes. That, that is amazing. Well, I know that that did not happen overnight. Tell us about some of the lower moments you had
1: Just to give you a bit of context, you know, I didn't come from the tech space originally, was in music and entertainment, uh, where I helped Kanye West start good music, one of the most successful record labels um, from scratch. You know, I had an undergrad from Wharton, my MBA from Columbia, done VC, done consulting, helped build a lot of value. I started exploring technology, learning to code, building some cool stuff, getting customers. And I went to meet with this um, lawyer here in New York at uh, a big tech law firm. I was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm making money already. You know, I've, re- I've already helped grow multiple global brands. I made millions and millions of dollars with people. This is what I see next in the media space. This is what's happening. This is why blah, blah, blah. And the lawyer said, um, the top partner of the law firm is like, uh, this is great. It makes sense. It's like, but you are too different and no one's going to invest in you. Now, they'll all want to go get a beer with you, but they're not going to put money into you. And this was 12 years ago. And so I'm like, "Dude, this guy's crazy. Everything I touch turns to, to gold, right? You know, I start going out to the market to raise money, and he was right. Very uh, like no one wanted to invest. They're all cool stories, cool stories, but we're not going to put our money behind it. And I would be in these meetings talking to these investors, and they'd say, "Well, who else is in this space?" And I'd say, "Well, there's you know this company is is in the peripheral. Now these guys that started it, they're Israeli. Oh, they're from Israel. Now they don't know anything about the company except they're from Israel. Just give you an example. um They're from Israel." well, they're going to be good technologically. They're going to be disciplined in terms of this. And they had a predefined sort of expectation of competitiveness and quality because of where these people were from. And so this will happen a lot in similar sorts of, oh, well, then we can assume this. And so I would just sit there like, well, what are they assuming about me and my bona fides? You've never seen a pattern. You can't pattern match me. Now, we could say Wharton and and we could pattern match to that. But I'd say, hey, are you going to tell people that you met with a smart guy from Wharton and they're trying to do this? Or are you going to say you met with the Grammy winning hip hop DJ. Well, oh, we're gonna say we met with a Kanye West, you know, co coworker, the DJ. These are some things that I don't know how to get around who I am and that not connecting with with the people I'm speaking to. It got to where multiple advisors, even white advisors, would be like, because uh, I'm I'm black for people uh listening. Um they would say, dude, you like everything is going, momentum. You should consider getting a white CEO. Um, like you don't know how many people, smart people, people that raise money. People in the matrix, you you might get a you need to get a white CEO if you really, if you want to raise money. Mm. And these are some of the the moments that were like painful in the fundraising.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. We have to be talking about this. Like I said earlier, I'm the white guy who was raised in the South. So I it it's it's unbelievable to me that. Like this, it continued on for as long as it has, and and I know that that's like, who am I to even say that? But I'm just so thankful that you're sharing this, and I'm committed, and I know that a lot of other people that I know in Silicon Valley are committed to this new. It shouldn't be new; just the reality of like all people are created equal, <laughs> period. So that's I'm true. and not having those preconceived notions. I'm I'm so sorry, but so help help us with what what changed because you you've raised more money than most companies ever. Like t- tell us what shifted.
1: For for me personally uh you know people in the on the capital side my, my background was an advantage on the customer side um disadvantage on the capital side and then so eventually i went to work at vimeo i led product the video player product team that's my first job my, and uh and that sort of recertified me as a as a video and technology person as opposed to before even though a lot of my friends raise money but no technical you know, experience, and so that's one thing as I sort of reset my personal brand, my professional brand. Number two, um, some of the things that I predicted in the market in terms of more uh, personalization and more dynamic content started to become normal. HLS, uh, adaptive bitrate streaming, where your content is adapting to the environment, became a thing. You know, Netflix started putting out interactive content. Gaming is rising. There's a there's a shift that I've been seeing for years is happening that people started to see. And then thirdly, to your point, George Floyd. Mm. And the reckoning from a, a few years back that, you know, LP started to say, hey, are is are you diverse, Mr. In- Investor, Mrs. In- Investor? And then, you know, I'm sure you're aware, a lot of investors started to have a bit of a different outlook towards Black-founded organizations. And so outside of attraction and personal branding, that was part of the shift as, as well.
0: Mm. And the the frustration, I can't imagine how frustrated it is. Like your performance is amazing as a company, as a as a founder yourself, your track record is just outstanding. And yet that's not considered, or, but, you know, pre-George Floyd, like, and I'm, I'm sure there's still a lot uh, of work ahead of us, but it sounds like, um, I just can't imagine that merit frustration. Like you have the merit, you, you're, you're ready to go, but yet for something that you can't control.
1: Yeah. Well, that impacts part of our mission outside of having amazing returns for shareholders. <laughs> we start to be part of the pattern. Well, I've seen black successful tech founders. Mm-hmm. Now there are some, and that's phenomenal. And so yeah. that's part of our mission is to really embrace uh, diversity and, and inclusivity as uh, on our team, with our customers, uh, et cetera.
0: Thank you so much for for sharing that. And I, I don't wanna just make the whole interview about that, but I, I think that those low moments are really impactful and it helps kind of bring light to, to some challenges that I can't imagine. So uh, what were some of the objections that you got in the funding rounds from VC? I'll
1: tell a quick story. I, I was in a music business. I remember being just a few years ago, I'd be talking to a record company about this band, the rock band. And they were like excited about finding this band. And I said, this like, guitar driven music is not mainstream right now. Rock is like a little bit on the side of like, pop and hip hop. And so why are you excited about about this guitar driven act? And they said, well, what if those are the guys that bring it back or that, that are that one or two popular sort of rock oriented bands? And I was like, wow, there's a what if this is the breakthrough concept. I'm, and, th- and I think that's what you have to sort of feel for early stage investing, this sense of what if this is possible. Every conversation that I've had on the in the on the investment side was like, you know, is how defensible is this? Can someone else do it? And you know, around around team and is the team the, the right team? I think fairly, fairly standard things. And then and but then also education. This is a new sort of format. Um, so how are we going to educate people on the possibilities and the how they should learn a new tool?
0: Could you share your like elevator pitch that you gave at the beginning of a meeting when you sat down with the VC? Sure.
1: We are cloud based um, platform that allows any creator to create interactive, uh, immersive, and connected experiences that are data rich with unparalleled engagement and share them at scale in existing distribution systems. So, what
0: would they say after that? Uh,
1: what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> how much money have you made? Um, who are your competitors? Give us some context. So, it, it was tough without showing them. Like, I have to literally be there to show you. I'll send you a video. Hopefully, you you watch it. But um, yeah, we're 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 a very visual offering, so that, that that was a little bit of a challenge too.
0: Yeah, I um, that that is amazing. Well, how how often do you talk to investors now, just like throughout, like when you're not necessarily pushing on a fundraise?
1: Uh, maybe once or twice a month, in terms mm. of new new investors that reach out to get information. But that said, we're funny. We just had a meeting earlier today. We're starting a new program. We're not raising money for a while, but um, we're starting a new program to keep investors warmer. So we're going to be proactively having more updates dinners, invitations to movie screening, just we're going to be a little bit closer to the investment community. Uh,
0: what was the biggest learning that you had that you'd want to do differently? If you can do it over in your fundraise?
1: Possibly would have moved to San Francisco. I think mm. that's uh, one thing that's where the money is um, by and large. So you'll do yourself a favor being closer to where the money is. If you want the money, if, if I wasn't so keen on making a, a point as a black founder, I would have probably try to find a white leader um, or front man, but over and beyond that, I would have um, I controlled for more density of meetings. So we just sort of had a scrambling, hey, can you meet? Who can we meet? I would have had it more structured over a shorter period of time uh, to create some FOMO potentially. I just would have had a more controlled uh, time.
0: I definitely saw that work where it's like the founders kind of controlling the timeline by just having other investors that are interested Around that same time, so when you're talking to one, you're like, "Hey, we're moving this conversation. We're hoping to close around this date." That kind of stuff.
1: Yes, and and eventually, I I did um I did get a term sheet. Uh, you know, it it took me uh I mean, ten years to get a seed investment. Um, now I was off and on. I worked at Vimeo, so I'm not gonna say I was raising for ten years, but when I when I got a term sheet, I got two term sheets within maybe two weeks. Um. So when it came together, it came together. And the, the the valuations of the respective term sheets, I think they, that they both they both offered financing for the same percentage of the company, but dramatically different dollar amounts, um, which are you know correlated to the size of the, the fund and what, what they're on, what they're able to to do. So, I was able to work with the the bigger valuation and get the other company investor into that round, um, but certainly having a little bit of competition helped us hundred percent.
0: Mm. I bet. How many meetings did you have with investors before you closed around?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. I I probably I probably met with I don't know, hundred, maybe hundred and forty investors. Um, you know, but by the time I I ended up working with uh, Paladin Capital, who's a great partner for us out of DC, um, you know, I probably met with Paladin maybe five times before they gave us a term sheet. Um, it was so. I was, I was so jaded, I think, by this point, that they were like, hey, Devo, we're going to give you a term sheet. We want to be in business with you. And I just, I don't think I even responded to the email. I'm like, yeah, hey, whatever. This is some scam. This is just, they're just waiting for Some shoe is going to drop. And then they're like, hey, Devo, no, we're serious. Uh, we want to extend you a term sheet. What's up? And I'm like, are you serious? Really? Okay. I guess I'll look at it. Um, but but yeah, that was that was the sort of the conclusion of the journey.
0: That's amazing, man. I, I can only imagine that feeling that you had there.
1: That was a great moment. And obviously I was so jaded that uh, I was at a negative sort of look on things. And I think going back to the, um, you said it about the down moments, I think that um, something that's important for founders is, you know, with, with me, I look at myself as like, I can do anything. Everything works. I add tremendous value. I'm necessary. Going through this process started to make me feel like, am I worth it? Maybe they're mm-hmm. right. Maybe I'm not worth investing. Uh, what do they know that I don't know? They're the professionals here, um, mm. and it starts to create a lot of self doubt, and 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 cause me to question myself. And what am I? Am I a winner? Am I a player? Blah blah, blah. And so I just want to tell other founders out there that the perception of others that don't know anything about your business um, doesn't shouldn't define you, and shouldn't be internalized. Uh, and you know, I just wanted to share that. with mm.
0: Man, this has been one of the best episodes because of your authenticity. And uh, I, I know we can all relate to that. And it's funny how like, I mean, you have a word in MBA, you've worked at product at Vimeo, one of the best tech companies in the history of the world, among so many other things. I'm just like, how, how, it's like, how is it possible that you could even think that? But there's something about a VC position that, that comes across like, you, you go to them like they have this authority and that they understand all these things because they must be because they're the ones writing the check when really it's not true. Like they the best VCs know that they that they know less about the market, way less than that founder, or at least the founders that they're planning on investing in.
1: Now it's very different. Now the conversations are different. Now it's a, it's a whole shift, but uh that's just a matter, you know, of everyone's individual fortitude. But I just I just try to tell people all the time if you're gonna get in this, just believe in yourself and don't I, I realize eventually, wow, these guys are not smarter than me. That's crazy. I'm smarter than half of these guys. Um so don't let it just don't don't internalize the, mm. the, the
0: that is so good. Well, I hope that's a word for somebody. Uh, an amazing episode. What's the best way to reach out to you if I'm a founder who's looking to get some kind of advice or connection? Is it Twitter or LinkedIn? Uh
1: LinkedIn. I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. We're going to turn that up a bit, but but yeah, I'm 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 around. I love speaking with founders and not just founders of color either, even though I know we're sort of talking about that a bit today. But um you know, where I can be helpful, I love to 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 help. And I'm I'm on uh Devo Harris on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm at Spring Steezy as my my hip hop name on on, uh, Twitter and Instagram. So feel free free to follow, reach out, uh,
0: love to support. Evo, thank you so much. Thank you. Boom. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Top VC Podcast. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell. This is way more than just a podcast. It's a community and I'm personally on a mission to help founders in whatever way I possibly can. So send me an email, adamfodonnell at gmail.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn. Boom.